C'est si bon, j'adore ce que tu fais. Ne t'arrête pas, je t'en supplie. Danse, danse, ne t'arrête pas, je t'en supplie. Ne t'arrête pas, c'est si bon.14 p.m. Wednesday, October 2nd, 2019, episode number 747 of Oh Yeah Dude. My name is Jonathan, and this is Seth. Hello, Seth. Honored to be here with you for episode 747 of our comedy podcast, Oh Yeah Dude, America Through the Eyes of Two American Americans. So lucky that we get to do this. I'm going to take you to... Jackson, Mississippi, because Julian's Auctions says that uh, they have got a guitar, B.B. Uh, King, it sold at this auction for $280,000 for a guitar. Well, thank God, that's so much money for, I guess, one of the what most... Would think for a Lucille? Jonathan... 
Of course, you know, for, for a guitar, for Lucille. Unfortunately, from what I'm reading here is that... There's quite a few. 400 Lucilles. Yeah. So that guitar is worth 50 bucks. The guitar is <laughs> worth whatever that guitar cost. I, I, oh, I thought, like you just said, like, oh, that's so cool, B.B. King. Well, B.B. King's guitar is named Lucille. That's worth a million dollars. Well, yeah, but like when every guitar you've ever touched in your life is Lucille, but not numbered, they're all just Lucille. Yeah. yeah. It's like people who have dogs and when the dog dies, they get the exact same breed and name it the same oh, thing. People so do it just that. goes on forever. The cycle. This will the circle be unbroken? You can't do that, Mr. BB. Um, yeah, there's a lot of them. So I don't know. Yeah, there's... 521 Lucille's. They're all worth $300,000? Okay. Nope. Wow. So this is it, huh, Lucille? Oh, what did I trip? Oh, I'm sorry. I tripped on a guitar. Oh, yeah, that's Lucille. Dude. I thought this was Lucille. Oh, well, God, you got all these guitars. Lucille. L-U-C-I-L-L-E. Yeah. Hey, you learn something new every day. Yeah, I guess... Uh, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe there's a there was a little bit of a side hustle happening there with that those bad boys, mm. <laughs> bad girls, mm. those are some bad girls. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I know what you mean. You know. But what are you gonna do? Uh, it's amazing. It's one of a kind. Well, <laughs> really, really is it? It's actually one of so a series. He of like five walks months. into a guitar center and just takes his index finger and walks <laughs> along the aisle and just like bling 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 bling. Lucille's. Wow. <sighs> Just jumped in price, huh? Um, yeah, there was some. Well, I guess what Dave David Gilmore's guitar that just sold at auction was the most. I think it was the most expensive guitar ever oh, really? ever auctioned. I, I might, but hopefully it's just that was his. It was the one that he actually recorded uh, some of his most famous riffs with. Okay, and he he. Do we um, know that though? Uh, yeah, and he. He donated it all to global cli climate change. Um, was a, he donated them for the charity, and the charity, the proceeds would go to... Yeah, not to, like, heat up the world. Yeah. No, like, okay. burn it on a fire. Yeah. <laughs> no. He, um... <laughs> Put it on a, yeah, there's a remaining ice patch. Burn all my guitars on it. See if it breaks off. <laughs> Guitar. Uh, auction, hold on. Okay. Let's see here. Excuse me. Sorry. Okay, that's all right. Due diligence. It's tough. Auctions are tough. Because how the fuck do you? Oh, provenance. There was the Colt. The owner of the Colts, Jim Ursay, bought them. Ah. He spent five point two four million dollars at the auction for two guitars. Dog. That's a lot of money. Um. That's a, a lot of money. A black Strat and an acoustic. Oh, black uh, Strat. Why you tell me then? Um. Yeah, I thought maybe it was the. That's a lot of money. It was estimated to sell between a hundred and a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it sold, sold for three point nine seven five million. People have money; they spend it. What, are you, what else are you going to do with it? I mean, he also had a strat maybe. that he sold that had the serial number zero 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 one, which was re used to record another brick in, in the wall. And that sold for one point eight million. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. 
What do you got for me? All to be, Top they were that. all world auction records, basically. Everyone that sold was a world auction record. Okay. Like, um, so, yeah. There's well, no the, what are they going to do with, uh, are they going to auction stuff of ours off one day? I hope so. Like it, these mics? These microphone cords, this coffee table the, has scarred up my fucking lower legs for the last 18 years. <laughs> can't, even, can't even wear shorts anymore. I'm so embarrassed. I have so many scars. Because I've been running it into... Running this stupid Ikea coffee table to hand me down for 18 fucking 15 years. 18 years. God. Uh, you were talking about uh, oh, Lucille in, in Mississippi, in Shreveport, Louisiana, wow. the 113th state fair. Gumbo of fun will Ooh. be held October 24th through November 10th. That Louisiana state fair? <laughs> well, that's a little... That's my... Uh, that's my Mississippi. I have a lot of, as a dialect a, coach. Yeah, it's a nuances. Nuances in my... Inflections. My in inflections. My, my herd of had inflections. <laughs> I'm teaching a class, actually. Down on my you. Master class. Master class. <laughs> dialect. Gumbo, master dialect, class. Gumbo, gumbo shrimp. Shreveport's not close to Nolens. It's close, How am I going to get over there? It's closer than other closer places. Closer than Boston. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. <laughs> It's odd. You do a state fair because, like, a state fair in Dallas. Well, what the fuck? I'm I'm from Houston. You know, big well, states. It's tricky. Well, don't they? You do it in Vermont. You just do it in Montpelier, and everyone's like, "Well, what are you gonna do? That's fine." But isn't the idea that that the state fair moves from if you're in a state think, with major cities? No, that no, you, no, no, no. Because the state fair in, in Texas is always in Dallas. It's always in Dallas. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So, what do you do? You never go. I don't know if I've ever been to a state fair. Oh, no. I went to the one in Arizona. I watched the monster trucks. Get them. Yeah. Did you yell, get them at any point? Uh, I think so. Did I go to that? Was that what that was? I think that was the Arizona state fair. I believe that was. Did you get anything fried? Deep fried? I don't think I actually did. That's all it's about. I monster wanted, truck, wanted deep to. Deep fried. Would have. Would have. Didn't, maybe. Maybe a corn dog or something? I don't know. No, you want to get, find out what's the newest. Yeah, there was that wasn't. Fair. I would have done that. There wasn't okay. any place in the Arizona State Fair that was like repping. It was crazy, coming hard. Like, like we have uh, deep fried Oreos. You're like, okay, it's uh, 2001. Yeah, there wasn't anything like, like what's that. What's up over here? Not like Texas or Minnesota, like where could go like off. Yeah, it wasn't any of that. It was like, all that like gumbo. That fucking. The, you know the stupid barbecue trucks that are like all the same and you realize like there's yeah, like one the, every hundred yards and yeah, you're like, like oh this minute. is like a weird chain of like shitty burrito in la oh shit chipotle 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 that's how you spell how you spell that say it chipotle uh state fair louisiana it's gonna be a gumbo of fun yes you want me a gumbo of fun is there a is that a fucking thumb in my gumbo? Did yeah, you? boy. That's a good part. You eat that thumb. Thumbo. That's a thumbo. <laughs> it's a thumbo of fun. You did eat that. Wow. Did you eat any Cajun or Creole food, vegan f flavored, uh, vegan? Yeah. Did you go for yeah. the, what? Well, I fucking got everything. Is just fucking fried and tasted fucking fried. Right. Yeah, too fat. Is that a word? Etouffee. Etouffee, I say it, boy. Don't buy you. 
Jambalaya. This Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm from Laro Cats. It's very bad. It's Is that bad? So bad. But if you sell it, they wouldn't know. Who? If I Who's uh, they? people in Shreveport, oh, if, I was, I, this, in if I was at this thumbo of fun, gumbo. <laughs> if I said it like that, they'd be like, he couldn't possibly. He it must be his affectation because he no one would come here and talk that poorly. Yeah, Dumbo in my gumbo. They'd be like, I think he's um, he's okay. Is he with anyone? Is anyone watching him? He only has one shoe on. There's a thumbo in my yeah, gumbo. Dumbo in my gumbo, Larry Cat. He can't possibly be doing that. Like, he must, he must talk like that. Um, USA Today snapshots. Uh, top secrets that married Americans are keeping from their spouses. Oh, not anymore. Thirty-eight uh, percent have a separate credit card. Thirty-two. That they don't. That's under wraps. Under wraps. No one knows about this. Well, at least he the, don't know about this. Yeah. At least, at least the significant other, mm. the spouse, does not. Thirty-two percent give money to a loved one that they keep under wraps. Oh, there's always a brother that needs fucking something. What do you want me to do? He's my brother. <laughs> How many times am I going to have to hear that? He's 36 years old. I mean, that's just... A million. A million times. A million times that happens. 24% are hiding a major expense. What would that be? How do you hide a major expense? Like, uh... What would that be? Uh, gun collecting. Oh, you're, you're spending your money on guns, but it's a crazy private collection that... Your spouse doesn't know about, and that you lie about how much you actually have, you how spend, many you have, you and how much you spend. Thirty-one thousand dollars on guns, but you haven't told this your wife year. <laughs> this year. This year alone, this fiscal year. Uh, what do people spend a lot of money on like that? Like that? Uh, uh, I guess what golf? Like no, it's probably. But you, it's not that they don't know that you do it as a hobby. It's that they, they have no the idea how much money you spend on it. Okay, and I think maybe uh, there's obviously. Um, you know, clothing and 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 shoes. Shoes. Uh, um, My wife. Not, know. I'm trying to stay away from. I'm not trying to stay. Obviously, I'm hitting dead stereotypes right <laughs> in between yeah, the eyes. Away Guns the, and yeah, shoes, yeah. but like, I mean, but yeah, that's what we're that's yeah, what we're dealing purses with. Purses and. Uh... I had a friend who obsessively bought toys for the child, <laughs> and without the other parent's consent. To okay. a point where it was so bad that wow. the other parent actually was removing toys because it, they felt as though the child was getting actually overwhelmed by the amount of stuff. And he would hide toys. Who was buying them? The, the, the mother. The mother. Obsessively Drowning her, her child. Boy or girl? Boy. Drowning this boy in Tonka trucks. And he would take them and like dole them out over longer periods of time because it would he he would Whoa. say he would see the son just sort of like like so he hated his son i guess so let me get this straight his spouse loved their child and showered the child with gifts while he took them away took them away from the child <laughs> hmm, so that's called abuse um I'm trying to think what would it be a major i mean i get I oh don't know. gear like uh, musical equipment i guess yeah no this is a core it's definitely i've from finland i think i've probably honey fudged a couple of truths oh, in my time with significant others a couple of corks 
think I've maybe fudged a Korg See, here. See, on this Korg, they accidentally put another G. It's two Gs. It's K-O-R-G-G. So it's, so it's actually worth like a lot if you knew anything about Korgs. Like when I married you and you told me you did. Like, remember on our first date when I was just like, so what do your folks do? Do you know Korg is? Do you know the company Korg? What, is that a company? Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Do you know who started Korg? So I always ask on first date. Yeah. Oh, God. Couples, man. They just be hiding shit. I, a credit card? Because they don't, you know, they don't know, the person doesn't know what you make or how much you have. And so you have this other card and you can buy. It just seems like anything that you bought that your significant other would see it. They would, unless you have another family in like neighboring county. No, you just be like, oh, I've had that, you know. Oh, that cigarette boat? <laughs> I've had that. It's with my other family, county. I mean, fam <laughs> Honey. Credit card. Credit card. <laughs> oh, fuck. Drug addiction. Oh, fuck. I Drug addiction. I mean, she knows I do cocaine. She just no, I just don't know. I fuck do all do the coke. cocaine. All the cocaine. Dear Amy. Yes. My husband and I are moving across the country to start a new life in the Canadian Rockies. Hmm. We are ditching our corporate lives for something more active, social, and fun. Well, social maybe not so much, but. I like my given name. Oh boy. But it's common. Oh boy. And I always hoped I'd earn a nickname along my life's travels, but alas, I never did. <laughs> oh God, this is getting weirder and weirder. It's dark. So now I'm considering creating a nickname for myself. I'd like it to be something fun and based on my initials. My husband told me that it would be an affectation, so I looked up the word affectation in read behavior speech or writing that is artificial and designed to impress so he thinks i'm being fake and looking to impress people maybe i am what do you think bored with michelle what well, depends on michelle what am what what's her last name it can open up huge possibilities affectation I'm well, bored with Michelle. I mean, a self-appointed, I would say everyone, a self-appointed self nickname. Everyone knows that's totally legal. That's legal, but it is, I would constitute so an affectation. Well, you can't give yourself a nickname. Right, that's weird. Hey, I'm the Colorado kid. What? Oh, how? Well, well, everyone's called me that. <laughs> Don't you grew up in Massachusetts? Yeah, but everyone always called me the cool Colorado kid, though. <laughs> um can't give yourself a nickname you cannot move to the canadian rockies and become like a someone else a someone else michelle mayhem that's my ruler derby name could you imagine how sad it is that michelle has gone through her whole life and no one has given her a nickname. Everyone she's met and everything she's done. I bet they have. She just doesn't know Hated it. Hated it. <laughs> no, oh, she just isn't aware. Wasn't aware of it. <laughs> of the nickname. Psycho bitch. <laughs> well, no. I think if you want something like that, that in order, you have you to- You gotta earn it. Not only do you have to earn it and hopefully get given it from someone else. Yeah. But if that's something that you desire, then what you're actually talking about is that you need to change your name. 
and because you are allowed to change your own name you mean on a legal document or just maybe try it out a little while before you go to legal documents but that you're not going with a nickname but you're actually saying i would like you to now call me dynamite <laughs> what your name is michelle i want you to call me dynamite from now on i'm no longer because i'm explosive but are you you're the one they used to call psycho bitch what <laughs> um that's what you're really I feel saying so bad you're for her. you're over michelle so you you have to talk about a name change a legal document name change well again you try it out first because oh, okay. you don't want to get too far down that road before you realize like so oh no like i don't want what would that entail so just out and about when you introduce when yourself says, hello nice to meet you my name's dynamite and the person says what and you're like yeah, it's my name. It's my given. It's on all my documents. And they say, well, let me see your license. And you're like, well, I haven't gotten says, around to it yet. It says Michelle Smith. And they're like, okay. Uh, Did you get that real ID yet? No. You got to get on that because lines are getting look, busy, dog. I'm like a year, don't I? Yeah. My, <laughs> I made my appointment. How, this is how I twisted it. Can't get it at the DMV in Hollywood. I went DMV Compton and twisted it. Why can't it. you get it at the one? Because in- it's like... 10 million people trying to get it so that you can't make an appointment. So I twisted it down I can't to do Compton it by, and rolled by right mail? in. No, you got to go, you got to drop in in person with like 15 different documents. Biometrics and shits. Yeah. So my actually license doesn't expire until September of 2020. And I was, you know, in there and they were like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm handling my shit. Why you got to give me the business? Give me my documents. How, what is the deadline though? October 1st, 2020. You will not be able to get on an airplane with your California driver's license, you'll need to bring your passport. And you don't have that. You can't find that. What do you mean? It's, I know exactly, you know where, exactly it is. where it is. Yeah. Okay, what have it got moved? No, I, I saw it today. Sorry, today you looked at your I passport. I look at my passport every day. Every day. I have it thumbtacked right at my door. I kiss it. There he is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I got to read. I haven't read. I'm sure there's like... You need so many documents. Mad, no, not only that. I'm sure there's mad theories and about conspiracies oh, as to yeah, like you, what this is. Yeah, you might want to go down that road. Don't just take care of it like I did. <laughs> Spend six months doing research. It means nothing. Talk to your people online and outside of your Starbucks. They'll give you the real scoop. <laughs> no, I talked to a guy at the DMV. You mean David Mark Vincenzo? <laughs> oh, wait, hold the on guy that's outside your but Starbucks? But you haven't gotten it yet. No, I got it. Can I see it? Maybe. Play your cards right. It's got a golden bear right up in the right-hand corner. And it says, Seth, October 1st, 2020, come on in. Fly free. Where's your passport? Kids Don't fly, need it. Kids fly free. Kids fly free. Hey, you're the, you're the Colorado kid, right? Come Colorado on in. kids fly free. Come on in. <laughs> Gotta get on that shit. If you... Yeah, I mean, Seth the Jet was a given nickname, right? You didn't pick that. You didn't say tell your classmates to call. You might have, didn't you? Like you secretly, you, like you know, like, you should call me. Like, is the hypnotize them? They call him the Jet. Is this episode seven forty seven? Yeah. Whoa, Seth the Jet flies high, first class on this episode with his with his uh, real ID. With his real ID, <laughs> showing um, it. Free peanuts. Yeah, I I did have a little bit of an issue that I didn't have a nickname for a while. And then I got a bad nickname. What was that? It was just a... It was Francis. We've talked about this, right? Francis? Where'd that come from? I'm not exactly sure. I believe my friend Ira coined it when we were on the volleyball team because there was two kids Beach named, volleyball or indoors? Uh, asphalt. Asphalt. <laughs> a- indoor asphalt volleyball. And uh, They only had it in Malibu. <laughs> 
There was two kids named. I mean, I. I there were two Jonathans. Uh, two Johns, which I went by John at yeah. that point. I only nobody called me Jonathan at Just that at that age. And we were both on the court, and we were like, they were like, you mean the cement? You mean yeah? And they were like, a ball came, and they were like, that's you, John. And we both ran to her and clocked Crack, our heads, broke your noses. And so we, they were like, oh, we're gonna have to come up. With, and so he was like, what about Francis? And so they started were, calling. Before me, you'd be like, what about no? Everyone was like, they were calling me. They Francis. turned that into Frank, or they just went straight with Francis. No, it was Francis. All right. That's the only nickname I've ever had. That don't work. I don't know why it was Francis. Because my last name was French, maybe? No, they weren't They weren't coming up with that. No. <laughs> no? No. His grandfather's name is Francis, and he'd seen him that morning because he lives with his grandfather. Ira lived with his grandparents. Everybody knows that. So, so that was it. Was Eleanor, his grandma. <laughs> it was either calling Could Eleanor, Eleanor or Francis. Francis. I guess you lucked out. Because Eleanor, that would have stuck, and you would have been fucked. <laughs> Eleanor Larroquette. Hello, I'm Eleanor Larroquette. Eleanor the Jet. <laughs> Group of local filmmakers in Livingston, uh, Montana. They're intent on making the city the Hollywood of the North. Cool. No, it's not going to happen. So, hey, great. Good for you. You have an idea. It's crazy. I could save you a lot of time, a lot of energy. You're not going to make this place the Hollywood of the North. Because we barely have a Hollywood of the Hollywood. So what does that even mean? Well, uh, real estate developer and area native Carter Bohm and his production company, Ponderosa uh-huh. Films, partnered with Livingston's own sound color studios to build a medieval village on Bohm's Cokedale Ranch to serve as the setting for the Braveheart sequel, Robert the Bruce, which closed out the Montana International Film Festival. The Living, um, So Sound Color Studios, led by local brothers Abram and Michael Boys is hard at work constructing a sprawling 28-building Old West Town south of Chico Hot Springs. Oh, don't do that. Oh, guys. Oh, don't do that. No. Jonathan, you're going to build an Old West Town to shoot all the Westerns at? People do shit. I have an idea. Let's be the Hollywood of the North. We'll build an Old West set for all the old, for all the Deadwoods canceled? Yeah, like, they made the movie, but it's been... Oh, fuck. There's a huge... You know all the westerns they're shooting these days. We should probably build a sprawling 28-acre <laughs> western town for all the fucking westerns being shot. You know. Um, so many westerns on TV right now. Like a revival. I guess... De- guys, don't build a western set. <laughs> it's exactly like the Old West. Good... And where everyone's gonna shoot here. Everyone being whom? Everyone's shooting westerns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't think... build a western set. We're gonna this. We're gonna make all our musicals. It's a uh, it's a giant pool for all of our synchronized swimming musical numbers. <laughs> what? I guess. Uh, yeah. Don't want to dream. Do that. You gotta dream. And also, like maybe they're not thinking like. I mean, there's plenty of westerns on like Hallmark Channel and stuff, right? No. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't think so. 
They shoot those shit in Canada. They don't shoot that's, that here. That's well, I guess that's what they're thinking. That's what I was thinking that they're shooting for. They're gonna take. They're like we can, we can, you, know we can, you can film in what the if states we spent and all film of our it, money. Film and then we got, we brought back all the Hallmark westerns back to Montana. That'll show them. Yeah, got them. That's what, see. See, that's what two they're, steps ahead of they're me. They're going for getting back all those fucking westerns that they shoot. Realistic, in Canada. realistic uh, goals. All right. Yeah. Not going to make any money, though, probably. No, it's a Hollywood of the but North. You probably weren't doing... Hollywood a- of the North? You mean Vancouver? <laughs> but you also probably weren't doing a whole lot with that land anyway, right? Um, I don't know. I Because I, these places, like we saw on Livepedia, they're, they're vast and beautiful. So I would imagine maybe it's just they have this land and they love films. They love Westerns. We're killing them with Westerns. We can't stop making them. <laughs> I can't turn the TV fucking on without seeing another Western. 1950 again? Maybe again. Maybe they had it. Every fucking time I'm at the Cineplex, I gotta pick between which western I'm gonna see. Maybe you know it'd be a good idea. Maybe they know something we don't know. If we spent all of our money and built an old west set, you know, for what? For the movies. For the movies. The westerns. Maybe they're ahead of the curve. You gotta be these days. Or are they way behind the curve? Well, and in a few years, we'll say, guys. I told you not to do no, this. No, but that's it. You got to be a dreamer. You got to be an iconoclast, a maverick. Um, mm, don't what about do it, that though. Braveheart sequel? Oh, that. When is that coming out? Did it start a good guy? It closed out. Just start that main guy? Closed out the uh, festival. Oh, it closed out that <laughs> festival. That's a period piece. Is it saw that same guy from the first one? That guy. That old guy? Daddy? Daddy home? See the daddy? I, I don't know. He was I'm in not, one of them, right? I'm not sure. Daddy's back. Part three. Um, the estimated chance, the Harper's Index. Okay. Estimated chance that smiling will improve a person's mood is one in 14. You have a... One in 14 chance that smiling will improve your that, mood. I thought it was like a... I thought it was hundred percent. I thought it was given. Given. Turn Guaranteed. that front upside down. Done. The whole day will take off. But will it? Maybe this is some actual crunching of some numbers and realizing that, like, if you had fourteen people all miserable because that's what we are, and had all fourteen smile, you might luckily one will stumble ass backwards into being like, I feel yeah, a little I bit feel better. A bit better. Not really, but just count me as a yes. <laughs> I feel better. This is working. I have to do it in a mirror in order to feel better. You got to see those pearly whites. Got to see myself smile. You can't imagine yourself looking at yourself need to as see. somebody else. No, you smiling. I need to actually confirm. So you pull out your own. compact. Oh, I'm smiling. I, I still feel the same. I actually feel worse because my teeth are fucked. <laughs> hey, shit. Yeah, that don't work. Does it's it, nice. What works though? What does work? Ecstasy. Microdose? I would say if you microdose those 14 people, 13 of 14 will we'll turn the frown upside down. At least for a couple hours. At least. Probably longer. Because there would be the residual couple even later days. that night. Oh, we were flying this morning. Actually, you're not flying, right? No, you're just, you're just kinda hovering. Hovering. Oh, we were mad hovering. <laughs> I don't know if that would work for me. Because, you know, when I was doing drugs... Really, where it, the only time it got me where I needed to be is when I was undeniably in a place there. I don't know if like mildly dreaming about possibly getting somewhere would do anything for me. Well, I think the idea with that is that you don't ever want to feel 
you're trying not you're trying to avoid feeling different which is the opposite of how yeah. we so did how drugs it, why would that be good because it still causes uh neurological changes and shifts in perception okay and that those are in in the in those in the argument is that those are beneficial does it make you cry like you mean like how macro dosing does yeah <laughs> i don't think so i don't well, think it's it supposed does. it's not to. working if i'm not at one point uncontrollably weeping and i don't know if that's due to psychosis paranoia joy at some point i want to be clutching something and uncontrollably weeping if i'm not doing that then i don't understand i mean the the issue that i kind of hear about with with microdosing is that there the you start to do it and you do feel kind of uh slightly euphoric but still uh still f functional on your in your regular life but then you sort of lull yourself into that oh this is totally working but all it is is it's just gradually getting you to a place where you're tripping balls but you don't realize that you're tripping balls because it's been you've so kind subtle? of eased into it for so long Did that you now you're like processing reality from a place that is as removed from from it as you would be if you would just dropped acid but it took you three months to get there but now you're like oh i'm mac like i'm microdosing but like i've microdosed my way out into, into a, like the, into, the into the cosmos yeah and i can't come and then back. and then there's a break at some point that that happens that you realize like oh i'm no longer like i'm i've not been i've been i hear you i've been justifying this but the truth is is that i'm like trying to just trip and like yeah and work trying to forget about <laughs> trying to trip my at family work. and trip at work um but it's much better to just take something feel it go about your business and then like 27 minutes later kind of stumble and be like here we go isn't that the best i don't feel it oh never mind yeah isn't it I, better to just have it hit you like a fucking sledgehammer? I don't know. Yeah, you do. Because <laughs> one minute you're like, oh, I hate life and myself. And then the next minute you're like, no, I, I love don't. myself and life. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> That's better. Hit me, sledgehammer. Hit yeah. me hard. Yeah, it's better. It's better. God, I hate this job. Wait a minute. I like this job <laughs> and myself. Thanks, Sledgehammer. Thank you, Sledgehammer. Um, we always wonder, we're at the pier, who are all these street performers? Yes. Of, diff of varying ilk. Yeah. Right? Various, I, various talent levels of various talent. Various levels of skill. <laughs> talent. And or interest of us to them. Uh, yeah. I'll read you something from the Los Angeles Times. Corey Hart. You know Corey. What was Corey's big hit? Um, you got to know Corey's big hit. Is that, a, is that, would that, would somebody know what that is from you doing that? Uh, I wear my uh, sunglasses uh, at you night. Got it. But you got it. You just, you gym. really did the whole intro and everything. I before gave you, it to you. Yeah. That's your song. I wear my rabies at night. That was your song. So Corey Hart is now, he's down. Why, why does he wear them at night? So he can see the love before his eyes? I wear my sunglasses at night. So I can, so I can. 
Oh, fuck. Why does he do it? Could be maybe he had fucking LASIK? I got LASIK this morning at noon. <laughs> I don't know. Why does he do it? Why does he wear his sunglasses at night? He wears so them so I that can, he can so keep track of the visions in his eyes. Whoa. While she's deceiving me. She's deceiving me. It cuts my security. It cuts my security. Her deception cuts his security. She's so got control of me. Of, she, of course she does. She has complete control of his mind and body. So I turn to her and say, don't switch the blade on the guy in shades. Whoa. Is he talking about don't cut me? Don't, take don't masquerade with the guy in shades. Wow. I can't believe it because you got it made with the guy in shades. Holy shit. I wear my sunglasses at night so, so I can forget my name while you collect your claim. God. I wear my sunglasses at night so that I can see the light that's right before my eyes, not the love. Wow. It's not about love. It's, it's about, about deception. deception. <laughs> Yes. Holy shit, I guess that's why he's down on the pier now. Or maybe a man with the same name, but probably Corey. <laughs> probably him. Let's let's say him. So he's got a tub. Assuming he's still with us. It's filled with about 50 blue slips of paper. Each of the slips of paper has a different name on it, Jonathan. And a crowd gathers. He swirls the contents of the tub. He has a big thump on it and show, makes a big show of it. And then he reaches in and he grabs a slip and he yells out the name that's on the slip. And a fresh-faced young man who goes by the name Kiev pushed forward. Kiev is a violinist. He was given the privilege of picking a prized spot and the right to earn a buck as a licensed street vendor in one of the nation's busiest beachfront tourist meccas. To be a street performer on the Santa Monica Pier, it helps to be lucky to have your name pulled. There's only 24 spaces, but on a summer weekend such as this, Corey Hart, he can pull up to... Uh, there can be 50 or more performers there trying to get one of those 24 spaces. Those whose names are not drawn, they will walk up the hill to Palisades Park or the Third Street Promenade where, I guess, they're spit on. They're, it's, they're, uh, it's not the pier. It's not... Uh, no, they're like dragged behind wagons, live behind yeah, wagons. It's, um, it's spit on by no, people. I, Come I, on. I used to live a few points in my life. I've spent quite a bit of time right in that area. That That... that the top of the pier where that park starts or the yeah. pier begins and the park ends, uh, there's like a, a, a lot of mm, entertainment riffraff, if you will. Riffraff. The pier you're getting, Kiev, who is a well, classically it, trained violinist. It, it sounds to me as though it is a true lottery, though, so that you don't, it, it's not a, it's not I mean, a, is that Kiev? It's, it's not a six? talent. It should it's be, Kiev it should be based, should it not be based, based on talent? talent? And you and I shall be the judges. Paramount Pictures. Paramount Network presents The Pier. Well, me, you, we need a celeb. We'll have to grab a celeb judge because that's they're all into that. Yeah. But we're on it. We're in the mix. Um, me, you, and Miley Cyrus are the judges for Paramount Network's The Pier. The Pier. <laughs> yeah. Because why should Kiev be relegated to Third Street Promenade to get spit on when he's a classically trained? His father was one of the greatest Ukrainian... Vi Everyone knows that. Yeah. It's Kiev. I was told by a performer, it's not the spot, it's what you got. Or actually, if Corey Hart, who sang that weird song, pulls a slip of deception. Yeah, it's probably about the spot. I mean, obviously, you probably get more money if you're good, but being on the pier versus being like being up in, in, a, in an Andy yeah. Gump fucking, yeah. you know, hey. porta potty. Hey, come here, I do magic in this Andy Gump porta potty. Whoa! 
Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, Andrew Singer of Wisconsin. He said, singing on the pier feels like a potential stepping stone to something better. It's kind of like a mailroom job in the music industry. Oh, man. Who told you that? Oh, who told you that? Hey, man. They shouldn't have told you that. Oh, dog. Why are you trying to sound like Bob Dylan? This ain't no mailroom. There ain't no there ain't no execs down here. No. Has anybody gotten discovered there? It has to have happened. But in recent times? Ever. Definitely has happened. Probably somebody that we know is a talented musical artist was discovered on the either, pier. Let's say on I'll the promenade. say I'll say the street. I'll say I remember on the promenade there used to be there was a girl with dreads that used to be was on American Idol. No, that don't cut it. No, but I'm with you. I'm talking about... But I think she was on the pure, on the Third Street Promenade before she went on, and then she went back to the promenade after and she got kicked like, off, hey. and she made more money because they'd be like, oh, I remember you. I remember you. And you also have a daughter who you like keep like best to keep little hungry, close. like yeah. Yeah, nearby mouth. and just yeah. like crusties. Oh, just with a sign that says, my mouth dry. That helps. Baby mouth dry. Baby mouth dry because mommy has dreads. <laughs> Excuse me, locks. Yeah. Um, I would say to that young man from Wisconsin, he better watch himself because this is a brutal industry. Hollywood in general. Oh, I thought you meant outdoor entertainment. Outdoor entertainment is cutthroat. (laughs) And they'll cut your fucking throat. Yeah. I'm talking about the entertainment industry in particular. Yeah. If this kid thinks he can pack a fucking guitar and get on a Southwest flight from fucking Madison to Los Angeles, sing a garbage song on the fucking Santa Monica Pier, and end up with a record deal, he might have another thing coming. Probably. I think I've told this story before, but do you remember where I, when I... (laughs) When you auditioned for David Geffen? you remember when I got, I landed in LA, and there was like this quadriplegic dude? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, uh, and he had come here to be an actor to to, yeah. to try to decide. Well, he figured if he put himself, got to put yourself out there. Uh, yeah, but that wasn't happening. We don't know that. No, we do know that. I know that. The reason I'm thinking about him is not actually because well, because in part of what you're talking about, but I took a I, rather than. I was going to take a Uber home or something, yeah, and, you, and then instead I got on the bus with him, and I did. took the bus from LAX back to Santa Monica. Back which, to his apartment. <laughs> no, it was a hostel he was staying back at. to the hostel. But then I bungalow. met him later on that night. For coffee. Down at the pier. To smoke a J? <laughs> I was smoking a lot of J's did at this point. Did he partake? He did not. Because he's a fucking artist. He's in, he can't get all clouded. And then he got all racist. Oh, that's not He started cool. dropping like weird, like racist comments about oh, no, people no. on the pier. Oh, sir, no. <laughs> we, we were, I, I was going to manage you. And I ditched them. Lo- you like you just lost your manager. And also, yeah, it was tough for him to get uh, the. A lot of the piers made out of like old railroad ties, and those were a little bumpy for his wheelchair. But you helped. You helped accommodate. No, I, I think I left. Oh, because of the racial. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Up until that point, you were literally carrying him until yeah. All right. I would have carried him. You would have carried him to the ends of the earth. You would have carried him to the fucking... You would have carried him to the Academy Awards ceremony when he won. Carried him up to the podium. Carried him up to the podium and held him in the microphone where you'd be like, I have one person to thank for this. And he'd look back at you and you guys would both be bawling. Oh, man. What a weird person I am. 
<laughs> what a weird thing to do. He just, he had no fucking idea what he was doing here. He had no idea how to get from the airport to Santa Monica. He thought it was going to be like, a minute e away. it was three buses we took. It was 100 degrees. Like the first state. bus we took was so full, they had to kick people off the bus in order to accommodate his chair because everyone was standing, and he was like, by law, I have to ask you guys to leave and take this disabled person and put him on the bus. And so people got off the bus. And like me, like sitting there, like with him, with him like I'm his, his manager for now, <laughs> unless he in, gets racist, wait, I'm going to give it an hour. Oh, no, it happened. Wow. What a bizarre, what a bizarre world thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know this, this singer, he could be, well, for all I know, he has a record deal right now. Well, I think that he's a singer songwriter, but there's, there's, I think there's, there was a time when that would happen you sh or could happen. Okay. And, you don't and then people got sold on a bill of goods believing that that could happen. But now... Just can't happen. But now maybe they think it can again because of YouTube. And so many people okay. get footage taken of them performing in those places. It goes on the internet. The internet takes it viral. And then people are like, get that person on the Ellen show. So there is still this still belief a, a way to but you're not gonna ever you're gonna die alone and broke i mean no question about oh, it well, i yeah. mean you well, know because he's a terrible singer songwriter that's the most important thing but uh but there is still the idea that you could get discovered yes. by being out there but i don't think by a record executive who's you know prowling the pier yeah. looking for mm. the next talent new but that somebody's gonna video you you're gonna past, go up on fucking if i could just get past these this guy hacky sacking, smiling at me, I hacking. The, I hear these cr this crooning somewhere yes. up in the this distance. This crooning behind the hacky sacker. The hacky sacker thinks there's a hacker sack agent. If I could just find a hacky sacking agent. <laughs> Somebody told you that there's a professional hacky sack league, and well, so you came all, all the, the way. way from. Wait a minute. Wait a second. You live in New Hampshire. Somebody told you that in LA there's a professional hacky sack league. So you spent all your money and you fly out here and you're hacking on the pier. Oh, dog. Dog, it's cutthroat out here. You don't know, man. This is the outdoor entertainment arts. Man. <laughs> this is brutal. You're in the jungle, brutal man. Brutal busking jungle, dog. But watch. I can juggle that. I can juggle too, dog. <laughs> you should. We should write you a song. We should get you our guitar. We should get you down there. We should get your name on that. See if fucking Corey Hart pulls that out. I didn't know that song was about so much deception. <laughs> Because you write what you know. We, you, write, you write from the heart, and you write with authenticity. It sounds as if Corey Hart got fucking done dirty. Yeah. It seems like he gave all of himself to, a lady. to his lover, and she fucking did him dirty. So dirty, in fact, that at night, he fucking wears sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Not to be cool, no. but to see the visions of his dreams. What was it? Yeah. Something heavy. <laughs> To confirm the to confirm the deception <laughs> of the night's vision dreams, this is a fucking heavy song, man. I um, you know, I'm am I old enough my... to get like a pull that like senior old guy card I, out there? I let I give a pass to everybody fifty and over. I think so. You think any people could? You think you could see me and think I'm fifty? No, that's the problem. Anyone fifty and over, I applaud and give money to. Thank you. For what you do anybody under 50 i kick their fucking you kick their the bucket, bucket over kick the can i off. kick their can over how dare you how dare you 
dare you impose this on so me. So I guess, yeah. How dare you do this to me? I didn't ask for this. I'm trying to shop. I'm trying to shop <laughs> at this Abercrombie and Fitch, sir. Out of my way. Out of my way, sir. I'm going into Abercrombie and Fitch. And your loud singing of these hits is too much for me. Your melodic embellishments oh, of these, yeah, and of these classics. Oh, yeah, embellishments. I've been listening to this person sing this song for a minute. I think I know the song. The arrangement has me confused. <laughs> but that's just it. Vocal stylings are, they're pretty much everything. you got to stick out. You've got to Put your, bring your, your own twist. stamp to yeah. it. So yeah. if if I've been listening to this song for over two minutes, singing along with you, and still don't know what the song is, because your arrangement's done fucked up. But who knows? It could be an executive walking. Another fucking by himself. recording contract, burning a hole in like, his pocket. I have a contract in my hand. I was just at a lunch meeting. With that artist. If, if I don't sign it, if, if I, I don't sign, sign somebody, I'm going to lose my job. Uh, Kyle, I'll quit my job. What is that? I sound song. The song sounds familiar. Let me get the arrangement. Looks as if they have 35 cents in their guitar case. Hello, young man. Are you Andrew Singer from Wisconsin? Come with me. Come with me. Oh, Andrew. We're going to make a record. The greatest record. We're going to make the greatest record. <laughs> you and I, Andrew. Your name's Andrew Singer. We'll leave it as that. You're Andrew Singer. The singer. The s Andrew. The singer. <laughs> Andrew the singer singer. <laughs> Today's world is filled with background noise. Ain't that the fucking truth. Whether it be from a roaring river or a well-trafficked highway. Elevated noise levels from both human-made and natural sources may interfere with animals' listening ability and alter how they interact with other animals. A group of researchers at California Polytechnic State University investigated how background sounds affect a para, uh, parasitoid fly's eavesdropping capabilities. Para, parasitoid flies, eavesdropping capabilities. Ormia flies listen for a cricket's calls to find their, ho to find their host for their young. When fa found, the flies deposit their eggs on or near the cricket. Larvae hatch, larvae hatch and burrow inside the cricket, eventually bursting through and killing the host. Therefore, researchers hypothesized that noise could interfere with eavesdropping among the flies such that they have a difficult time finding their hosts. The research was published published in Royal Society Open Science and used sticky flytraps near speakers broadcasting cricket calls across a gradient of noise. The results show that fewer parasitoid flies um, were caught near speakers in noisier locations because parasitoids end up killing their hosts. The results suggest that crickets may benefit from calling in noisy areas. The study also found that both traffic noise and natural ocean noise inhibit fly orientation to sound, suggesting crickets could use sound as a parasite shield across different soundscapes. Ooh. These results suggest that soundscapes may influence the evolution of tightly co-evolved host-parasitoid relationships. Jonathan, it's fragile. I don't really consider that a relationship. 
You don't think that's a relationship? When one it's party like re- just is going about their life and the other yeah. party lays their eggs next to them yeah, so that they go kill, penetrate yeah. them and then blow their heads Sounds off? Sounds like the relationship fucking Corey Hart had with his girlfriend at the time. Was that his name? Kiev. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what if that was it? What if... I mean, you know that Corey Hart is a compromised... The, the pure Corey Hart is compromised. He's taking bribes. He's, he's making money in order to pull the right names jonathan absolutely there's no way that that there is, a, is no way he is on the up and up and just pulling names for prime spots well also there are probably people who are so bad and so crazy that are trying to always get those spots yeah that they have some way of like being like it's crazy oh, you never shit. get picked it's but crazy. they're like everyone's yeah. made an executive decision that put, like those like, names do not a get a little uh, bumpy glue those, on this so we yeah. knew when my finger touched it oh let me grab another bumpy, bumpy glue bumpy glue bumpy glue <laughs> for andrew singer Jonathan, it sounds like everything is very fragile. It's all dependent on each other. It's all connected. It's all. That's it. It's all interconnected. All of this, but so tightly wound together. Do we realize that? Do we know that if you pull one little string on this on this beautiful holiday sweater that there's an avalanche in, it, <laughs> in japan that there's an avalanche on mount fuji do we know that we need to start fucking recognizing that i think that if we really really took that in we would stop oh living. we would blow up we would explode from the inside internally yeah we would internally we would combust. stop moving yeah we would just disintegrate into yeah. just nothingness like what happened? We'd be too overwhelmed by yeah, the Yeah, there was an effect. avalanche and it and there was the a, ultimate in Japan and it covered a whole school of kids. Why? Well, because you um You remember that? Remember when you had that Coke can and you like whipped it? Remember that Bart Simpson sticker? Yeah, you you had the Bart Simpson t-shirt said eat my shorts and then you wore it until it like almost unraveled but then you threw it in a storm drain but then the storm drain backed up and then that what? So butterfly effect. So know correct. it but, but know it but know but, it but don't but think about don't it. Don't think about it. Because then you'll freak well, out. According to our 2018 National Waste Management Report by the nonprofit government watchdog group, U.S. Public Interest Research Group, the United States accounts for 4% of the world's population, but produces 30% of the planet's waste. So that could be, we love making garbage. We're, we're totally about it. We like stuff. We love shit. And most stuff comes in garbage. Most shit is garbage well or comes in garbage or is garbage essentially everything is garbage but love that's it so anything that you're making that's not love is garbage (laughs) think about it are you making love metaphorically actuality physically physically are you creating love? If you are not, then it is trash. It that is you are, waste and refuse. That you're heaping upon on. And you do not know what that happened in Japan to that tiny fucking village in Japan. If I could tell you what happened, you would cry. You'd cry. Um, it's all connected. Yeah, that's fair. So that's why microdosing don't work because the whole idea of sledgehammer dosing is to realize yeah. the the fucking school in Japan that you avalanched it's all it's the only thing that allows us to get there cuz you're not going to get there without it and at some point in your 20s you got to do enough to get there to be like oh i get it yeah ah fuck yeah 
So I recommend extra macro dosing. That's my fucking thing for 2020. Heavy dose. Heavy dosing. Uh, Diabolical macro dosing. (laughs) They think that's a fucking dope idea. DMD. Diabolical macro dose. Take this pill of DMD. What is it? It's Diet Mountain Dew. It's Diet Mountain Dew. DMT. Twelve hits ass. It's diabolical fucking macro dosing. Monster dosing. Have you ever been to Mount Fuji in Japan? Uh, yeah, I heard it's beautiful. Not where you're going. Not where you're going that, to the not bottom of an through, avalanche. Not after you're in an elementary school. Enjoy. <laughs> That's what 2020 is about. That's what this fucking moon cycle is about. As we, as as you realize that 75 percent of 2019 has slipped through our fucking <laughs> through our bare hands, just like that. What? What is time? Well, I don't know. If 75 percent of this year is gone, I don't know what time is. Yeah. If it's Jonathan, if it's if it's basically next week is Halloween, I don't know what fucking time it is. Yeah. Or what time it is. <laughs> but I do know I wear my motherfucking rabies at night. Yeah. But why? Well, cuz I can Cause see I visions LASIK. inside my I have LASIK, but my uncle Corey, he's he can see things about deception in his dreams. Dog, I didn't know he was hurt like that. Yeah. That is fucking... That's why he only made the one song. That's right? why he only released that one, <laughs> pressed that one single. <sighs> 16 million records. Copies, I believe, he sold to that. God, I can never... You know, when I'm in my Datsun 280Z, just cruising the PCH, listen to that, I've always... It's always been such a... Uplifter? Uh, like a 1980s... Cool uplifting? Yeah. It's dark. It's dark doesn't begin to explain what he went through. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to have a song named after them or written about them, except in this case right here. Yeah. This woman, for the rest, if she's still with us, haunt her. You know what? For what she did, she might, I don't know. I'm mad at her. Don't switch the blade on the man in shades. Yeah, do you don't switch the blade. Anyone that writes that has been hurt. I want to find where she is and get a tape, a cassette, a tape, and press the cassette into one of those little tiny tape recorder players there, and find the back porch that she's sitting on and slide it under and press play. Sounds nice. Really quietly. And she'll be looking around. She knows what she did. Corey knows. Corey Hart? Corey. Corey Hart. <laughs> Wait, then who's the other one? Carrie Hart? Is the motocrosser. Pink's husband. Pink's husband. No relation? Son. <laughs> wow. Does that mean his mom is maybe the woman in the song? Do you think that the motocross legend Pink's husband's mom is the deceptor? Can't. Maybe. Is it possible? It's totally possible. Wow, there was a blade involved? A switchblade. A switchblade? <laughs> just the sound of that. I would do the blade too. I would hide under her porch, just do the blade. She'll know. Or just, even better yet, she's got a Volvo wagon. She runs in to CVS to pick up a prescription. What do I leave on the windshield? Just a pair of beezies. <laughs> a pair of beezies. 
She knows. Well, yeah, I think she would. So life is about these fucking sunglasses she made her man wear. Um, I would litter her life with sunglasses. <laughs> Everywhere she went. Never, would. ever let her forget. Everywhere she turned. Um, gas station fucking sunglasses. <laughs> gas station rapants. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Tough. Uh, you like Persols? Get ready. It like, seems like a good good use of your time. Spend the rest of my... Well, I was so affected when I found out the meaning of that song. He dedicated the rest of his life to stalking Corey Hart's ex-girlfriend. Um, I mean, talk about... You just... All you gotta do, you get out a number two Ticonderoga, you get out a yellow legal pad, you fucking close your eyes, and you write from the heart. Truth. That's what it's truth. That's what songwriter does, and that's what he did. We should all fucking... You gotta tap into that. I'm trying, dude. I'm trying, man. I gotta get you out on the pier, I think. You thought any more about that fucking reggae album I concocted for you? What was the idea there? The idea was we go to Amir's studio and we, we make a reggae album. We release the reggae album to the American public because... A reggae album only has to sell a certain amount of records to classify on the charts. The fan base of Ayadud alone purchasing, I don't know how it works, streams, actual album sales, however we've to, to figure that out, you'll be able to sell enough copies to of have your the number one re reggae album that for one week, at least, at the very least, you will have the number one reggae album in the country. Right. That would be cool. Cool? It, it that would, would be Irie, I mean. It would be Irie. <laughs> and that is it. Um, we could do that. Jaquette presents his debut album, Irie. The title track, Irie. <laughs> I really Irie. I really Irie. Number one, it sold... 3,412 <laughs> copies, and for one week it was the number one reggae album on the Billboard charts. And we used my old poetry from boarding school? We used the poetry from boarding school as lyrics. Yeah. Amir and Sonny produce the music, come up with the sounds. The rootsy sound. The, the, yes, the authentic. That rock steady beat. That fucking, that Kingston sound that we're known for. And I say we because I'm producing this yes. album. And when and we win a Grammy for best reggae album for one week, for one week, <laughs> and I stand on that stage as a Grammy award winning music producer, then I say to myself, that's DMD, baby. <laughs> that's DMD. Diabolical monster dose. Diabol diabolical macro dose. Yes, or monster dose. Or monster dose. <laughs> because you... you polish it off with a monster energy drink yeah and i'll stand on that stage i'll rip the grammy from your fucking hands and i will fucking scream and the crowd will be going crazy i'll look down i'll see everybody selena gomez yeah the day, waving to daytime me. grammys at the daytime emmy awards <laughs> when some i storm in with my best reggae album grammy stranger things have happened probably Definitely. Um, 
Oh, yeah, dude. Yes. America through the eyes of two American Americans. Thank you so much. Thank you. For joining us for episode 747. Come back for 748. Um, 888-842-2357. Toll-free voicemail. Um, although I am a humongous music producer, I'm in the book. Because it have to be. Because you never Just know when gotta, an artist might reach gotta, out to me. Yeah, exactly. You, gotta, you, you gotta, never know. You got to keep yourself accessible you never know grounded and accessible uh we are uh listeners supported um supported by the listeners uh and we are commercial free and ad free so please if you would like to contribute to our 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 freeness our ad freeness uh and our livelihood um to this creative artistic endeavor it's a conversation that we're having about america for us and the people that listen to the show, it's a back and forth, I would say. It's a conversation. A to and fro. Yeah. It's a, it's a call and response. It's almost, it's the kirtan of podcasts. Yeah. Ah, yeah, dude. The kirtan of podcasts. You can uh, go to our Patreon page and pledge to us like so many others do, which we deeply appreciate. We also film these shows. If you're not watching them, you could be. If you were a Patreon subs uh, pledger, subscriber, you get access to the archived episodes. You get discounts on merch and uh, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, you can also go to our website and go to the merch store yeah. and buy T-shirts and stuff like that. And we understand it, you know, the idea of having to go to patreon take that time and and put your info in but thank you for doing that if you're thinking about doing that it'd be awesome for us if you did it's a it's just the best way to yeah say hey i appreciate some some of the comedy that you guys are bringing on in. on that note if if that is too much or something that you are philosophically opposed to but you would like to make a contribution uh to the show we do have a, a venmo which is uid 4l that's uid number four letter l like uid for life uh you can just do a one-time uh, donation to us there if that's simpler or if you're sitting there right now and you can do that rather than uh, pr promise yourself to go to our Patreon later and do it um, by all means you can do that uh, that helps us as well obviously and we Thank greatly you. appreciate everyone that does that um, I particularly like the people that actually just pay us a dollar for certain jokes throughout the show and then they'll just list the joke that they're paying a dollar for a like I just heard this and I'm paying you one dollar 75 cents to Jonathan for this but a quarter to Seth because I because he, he had, he he had the in. good layout, he had the yeah. good ad lib, like the good it, rebound. Through one thing, nice in. rebound. Yeah, um, but as we because we've been doing the show uh, now, it's October 2019. We started in February of 2006, so we just it's so appreciate that you that you listen. We hope you come back for 7:48 and any, anything you can do to tell a friend or go in and if you could um, pledge to us and you know you can set it and forget it and know that that your your homies are in the studio in East Hollywood and they're putting episodes together and trying to be as funny and uh, as, as possible. It's hard trying to trying our best just to have a conversation America through the eyes of two American Americans. Um, thank you so much. It was so, so fucking lucky that we have gotten to do this and we get to do this and tell a friend. Yeah. Tell a friend about the show. They might uh, dig. Come back for 748. Yeah, definitely. Have a good week. Seatbelts. Seatbelts. Seat